in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast with your co-hosts, John and Hugh. We are here to talk about craft community and building meaningful careers. Today, we have Jackie Tran, also known as JT, Jack Attack, and a phenom in the water for backstroke. With that... JT. <laughs> JT. <laughs> with that, JT... Let me introduce you really quick. So JT's, we went to college together and Pomona College, we swam on the swim team together and we ended up on like the same study abroad in Edinburgh and traveled around Europe. And she's in the health industry, healthcare industry, medical industry, and is has a master's in health and public policy and stuff like that. I hope Jackie will correct me and update me. I'm not the best at the intros, but hey, John hasn't met Jackie yet, so they're going to get to know each other too. I'm really excited for the episode. JT is one of my closest friends. And let's begin. JT, hi, how are you? Hi, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> nice to meet you, JT. Thanks nice for coming to meet on. you. Of course, I will do anything for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm really quickly... You know, like, let's just get through the all the facetious stuff and all the facade. Like, what is it that you do these days? Quick bio on you. How much did I butcher your background? Go. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, most people don't really understand what I do. So I don't, I, I end up not really explaining it at all. I just gloss over. I have that. I have I was actually good timing. I was going over my resume today because I, I try to figure out my next life step. Um, so I have a master's of science in public health um, as my background, um, studying maternal child health and sexual and reproductive health. Um, and then right now I currently work for a New York Presbyterian Hospital in um, in New York City and as a in the Department of um, Government and Community Affairs. So I work directly in the Government Affairs Office where we work with lobbyists. Um, we work with our elected officials. Uh, we like advocate for policies benefiting the hospital and the patient community they serve and they'll write memos, follow legislation at the city, state, and federal level. Um, it's a lot of memo writing, a lot of what I call like relationship building with our elected officials and um, the wider community in general. So yeah, that's a little bit of what I do right now, work-wise at least, yeah. That's amazing. And where in New York are you based out of? Uh, I live in Brooklyn, but uh, I work, I mean, generally my office is at their corporate office in Midtown East. Oh, cool. Nice. So we're just totally going to tangent. How terrible is New York? Because John's thinking about moving there and I'm trying to convince him not to. Oh, well, so where do you live right now? I'm in Seattle right now, but I, oh, okay. it's not, it's not that I'm thinking about moving. I, I will be moving and uh, I'm going to sign a lease in September or October. Oh, sweet. Okay. So we're going to be friends and we're going to hang out without you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> New York steals all my friends. It's so bad. I'm my, so excited. You should live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I I lived in New York for six months last year. Oh. And okay. I, I lived I lived right by Prospect Park. So yeah, I can't hide. That's where, yeah, that's where I live right now. 
<laughs> in Crown, Crown Heights? I live in Prospect Heights, so a little further, oh, like nice. just directly west. Yeah. It's a good area. Um, yay, that's exciting. So <laughs> I'm glad we're having this call right now. So yeah, this my, is part my, of my plan. <laughs> I want friends uh, to be friends. My my company moved to uh like near Times Square, like 51st mm -hmm. and Broadway. So it's a little bit, a little bit far out from, from like it used to be in Fidei, and so I, I was like really wanted to live in Brooklyn, but I also want to walk to work, and so that might not be the best option. Oh, so no. yeah, I think I will be probably living in the city, which okay. Oh, I'll see. I'll see what it's like. Oh, well, then I actually will never see you, so. <laughs> <Just too bad. laughs> you work You work in the city, though. I mean, not right now. <laughs> I work from home. Oh, it's uh, okay. They are, they are making us go in the office, though, in the fall, so I probably will. I, I'll be there. It'll be easier to get a hold of me, but um, generally, I don't like to go over there. <laughs> well, you guys well, are going to figure this out. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next topic. So okay. <laughs> I want to know a bit more about what JT actually does. That's truly like my goal. Like I, I know that you were on a Pomona podcast a month or two back and I listened to it, unlike you not listening to our show yet, but I won't hold a grudge. With that, I was wondering just a bit more about one, why you chose that field or ended up in that field, why you're studying it, and then kind of what is even the heartbeat on that in that field? Because that's actually a totally opposite and tangential direction from what John and I know. And that's one of the big reasons why I was like, how do we get someone from totally left park to come on and, and see how we do on, on learning about things? Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, you know, initially I started off just being like, oh, like I'll be a doctor when I grow up, blah, blah, blah. Um, that didn't work out. I'm not good at science or all those bad. <laughs> I'm not good at test taking. Um, You're probably better like, at both of those things than you and I are, by the way. Oh, I'm not, good at, I'm not good at the memory stuff. I am okay at like logic stuff like tell me like math and logic puzzles that was that's fine with me actually but um <laughs> the, the whatever it was based I don't know I don't know um science wise I'm, I'm really probably not better anyways I'm probably not better than either of you but um science wise though it, it was bad um but uh I but I wanted to stay in healthcare. I thought that was where I could make the most impact um where I could do, where I could feel good about what I'm doing and have an impact like a, for the better on like the wider society. Um, and it was still something I'm interested in. Um, and then also just, yeah, I think I was interested in the more holistic aspect of healthcare and just the wider, how things all like connect and stuff. Um, from the a macro perspective, which I think that's where like public health comes in because it's more, you treat stuff from the preventative approach instead of treating when something's already going wrong. So 
much. And so that's, I think that's what I'm interested in most is just trying to prevent problems from happening in the first place. And um, yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) No, it's so cool. And so, and so now that now in the space, so you're now working at the Presbyterian hospital and you Mm -hmm. are doing kind of, you're a connector between government slash public policy and the hospital slash Presbyterian hospital itself and just trying to Mm -hmm. keep things running. Is that it? Yeah. So I connect the hospital with uh, the policymakers on the ground, basically. So um, talking about things from the public health perspective, I guess. So there, I mean, on the wider level, people like all the government um, elected officials pass policies and legislation that um, affect healthcare. So, on that front, um, we're just monitoring what we think is best for our healthcare system in general and like advocating for policies that are um, targeting more like preventative care or policies that improve public health or health justice. Um, so, things like that, because um, so as like the, a representative of the hospital, like I'm like advocate on behalf of the hospital, I'm like advocating for those policies. So whatever the hospital is supporting and tells me to advocate for, then that message is relayed to the elected officials. And in turn, also because hospitals can be a, a big backing of, um, of like political organizations and stuff in general of hospital has a lot of money. I think that's where our power comes from. So I think because of the influence hospitals have, they can listen, they, they will listen to what the hospitals want also. I mean, like, obviously nothing, like there's going to be a lot of back and forth and compromises made, but um, ultimately the hospitals do have a lot of power making like power behind their, um, behind their lobbying compared to maybe a smaller organization and stuff. The hospitals have a lot of money behind what they're advocating for. If that makes sense. Sounds like a pretty unique role that you have. And so is it the case that you're the only one at the hospital who has that specific role or are there, um, is there a team of people that does that? Um, it's kind of, we, so I'm part of the team, but it's my, the team is me my boss who's the director, um, our VP of the whole of the bigger department. And then we collaborate with some of the same people at um, at the Well Cornell campus and the Columbia campus. So those are our two other medical school campuses who have their own government affairs or government relations representatives also. But um, actually, so overall, though, for such a big enterprise, it's actually a fairly small team. We're nothing like, I don't know, finance or marketing or stuff where it's like, we're really a team of like smaller than 10 people. So like with just me and my boss and my boss's boss, it's like three people just within just uh, our team. So it's not very big at all. Oh, do you feel like that's the that's a, a good role for you in terms of your interests and your skill set. Cause uh, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very different from other, <laughs> other like hospital jobs where you're interacting with patients or, or you're like on the ground floor. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes at a hospital besides just like 
what I do. There's like a lot of other administrative roles um, behind the scenes. I, I do enjoy, I mean, a part of why I enjoy the stuff I do a lot is because I like my team. Um, I like the people that I work with, like just directly on my team. So um, in terms of a good fit in my interest, um, I'm that's what I'm still exploring, I guess. I don't really know. At this point, it's been two year, almost two years in this current role. Um, and I think there is still probably room to grow. And there's also room to kind of explore some other avenues and stuff of where to go from there. Like maybe potentially I was exploring maybe going into more operations at the hospital or like a healthcare admin role that was a little different and more involved with the day-to-day -day, um, operations and administration of the hospital rather than um, something, I guess my job is more about relationship building. So I don't do as much, I feel like in terms of, it's hard to operate, it hard, it's hard to, um, quantify the stuff that I do a lot too, which is why I'm trying to work on editing my resume and figuring out how I can put that into more tangible outputs, I suppose, because we don't actually have a lot of that in what I do. It's not like, oh, like we improved this and like saved this much money or whatever, or just, uh, or made this much money this year, or just like help this many patients through whatever. It's like very, much more abstract so i'm trying to figure that out <laughs> so yeah i'm super curious so in in the current role that you've been in for around two years you say and as you grow you might transition but for what you've done i i've actually been really curious to ask what are some initiatives that you've kind of taken on worked with got through or didn't succeed on and and what are and how was that process and what were they yeah um well, it's interesting because I feel like there's not really ever a start to finish end project that I do in my role. There's like things that come up like big events, like for instance, we had a huge primary in New York recently. So uh, the other day, like two days ago. So I like, whatever, I craft the memo and draft the whole memo to it to just give out to um, our senior leaders so they're aware of what's going on. And this is important just because um, because we have a huge turnover in our local like offices it means that we have to start thinking about who is replacing the current elected officials because we have to start building relationships with the new people coming in um, and then and build a rapport with the new city council members the new mayor things like that we have to build we have to start back over and building our rapport with these people and building our relationships so um, so that's just one small thing, um, like project wise, it's like, maybe we vote, like we've worked on like trying to do voter registration initiatives at the patient level, like putting up posters, um, like develop, like developing the posters, trying to decide where to put them up and then actually like sending them out and putting them up and seeing, um, if we can get more people to register to vote. Um, I guess that was one initiative, um, and then another really just bigger day-to-day -day project that we work on is just, I mean, it's still the same thing that I have trouble with. It's just like basically figuring out how we, um, okay, just how we uh, determine what our outputs are in our job. I think that has been a big conversation within our team, just figuring out 
like we wrote like we have this many interactions with elected officials like in a year like like whatever like 500 phone calls 400 emails like blah, blah. and so that's kind of like what we're trying to track and how to and, and just like how to I guess record what our impact actually is and that's that's been a project that's just ongoing that we go back and forth in between but it's also just very hard because it requires us to do things like very little things that sometimes can get um, put to the wayside because we're like dealing with the dumpster fire that day of something else or whatnot um I don't know if I'm rambling or saying things oh. that are don't make sense but <laughs> so. oh it's so cool <laughs> if you have um, any uh yeah. if you have any words of wisdom for anyone who's younger who's interested in doing similar work what recommendations would you have for them um I mean, they can get, I mean, it does align with what I did even in college, technically, like I was technically a public policy major. Uh, I say all this technically just because I feel like I don't do the same thing as whatever I actually learned anyways in school. So <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So it, I was just like, yeah, like technically I'm a public policy major. Technically I am also just like interested in public health, like all this alliance because I'm doing healthcare and like whatnot. Um, I mean, my only advice is that I don't, I don't think I ever really expected to end up where I did anyways. Uh, I just kind of went through the motions a little bit and just landed here. I'm not very good at offering advice besides just building relationships with, just build a relationship with the people you meet, uh, network a lot, uh, make a good impression. Um, I think I got to where I am today, basically just by, um, just like talking to a lot of people and just like making a good impression, doing, putting in the work and stuff. Like, um, I think while sometimes I'm not, I'm not really, I'm much more, I'm not like in the details very much. I'm more, I'm the person that's usually like more out there talking to everyone. I think that's what makes a huge impression. I guess I don't, I'm not the person that normally sits at their desk and just like does the work and then goes home. I, I like to like talk to the other people, build relationships, whether or not like they even are on my team and stuff. I think that's, that's the key thing more. I'm just like the office, like wanderer. I'm still doing my work. Like I'm, it seems like I just don't, it seems like I'm saying that I don't do any work. I just wander around the office. Uh, sounds like you, you do a lot. I mean, from what you were saying earlier, it's kind of crazy. Keeping track of 300, um, 400 impressions of local slash state representatives to push yeah we're doing it i'm just gonna say we're like yeah we're doing a bad job of that we have a little bit i'm just like i'm really bad it's because we have a really bad database people there are other people trying to figure out how to make it better uh things like that like the database is really bad that's why we don't want to use it and it's hard to track <laughs> it's not very user friendly basically like the user interface bad everything's really slow Every, like no not we need someone that can fix this <laughs> so <laughs> yeah do you want to uh do you want to talk about outside of work stuff do you have any more work questions Hugh? no no i think the, the next question is going to be awesome i'm excited so jackie yeah. john has a question for you 
Oh, I was <laughs> I was expecting what? a question from you here. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just wondering what you're into outside of work. Like, what do you do around that very hip area with a lot of good food, a lot of with Prospect Park right there. Yeah, um, Hugh, um, Hugh, I'm, I'm describing it because Hugh has never visited and he should find out for himself how, how yeah. great it is. Well, definitely once you move also, Hugh has a reason to visit both of us, not even right. like <laughs> <laughs> um, outside of work. Um, I mean, so like I typically I do the usual things like hang out with friends, eat, uh, like eat and drink out at different um, places and stuff. Um, most of my time is usually taken up by, you know, you know, Prospect Park. So I, especially during the pandemic, it's been running around Prospect Park, biking loops around Prospect Park constantly. So I'm like outside a lot. Most of my free time is spent working out um, outdoors um, at the moment. Um, so training for like different races and stuff. Um, yeah, like, like the New York. Yeah, so this year I have Whoa. the New York City Marathon in November, and then I have the New York City Triathlon coming up in two and a half weeks. So that's oh, shoot. super fun. Oh, and I didn't tell you, Hugh, I just, I finally had got clips. I'm actually clipped in riding my bike no. now, like a real person. Wow. Um, <laughs> You're not using cages? <laughs> I never even had cages. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I never had cages. You Anyways, just, you were doing tries with pedals. <laughs> yes, I was. I was. That's how much of a noob I was. So yeah, that's because I'm... I was afraid of falling. But now, and now I've fallen a couple times on my clips, and now I'm like, fine, you know. It's and it's usually dumb falling. Like I'm actually just at a stoplight, and then that I, is like, the classic over. play. And you like look, oh, and you yeah. like watch. Sometimes you like look over, and you see like a car driver. <laughs> they lock eyes, and you're like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, like, just trip? like the dumb yeah. <laughs> Clip out. I, I signed up for the new york triathlon last year oh yeah nice it was, it was canceled so yeah. i mean I, Wait, I never did it so not nice but <laughs> well when when did you live in new york actually last year from the end of march until the first of october wait so why did you live here during the worst time <laughs> <laughs> I when I when I moved it was very unknown so I, um, I I thought I thought maybe this will last two weeks and then I'll go to an office like I, I started a new job I was starry-eyed moved across the country and wow. yeah that's I was so there funny for six you months. you literally moved here after the pandemic even started. It was like, crazy. I remember him telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm moving. I'm like, isn't it mid-pandemic? And it's like getting hit really hard in New York. He's like, eh. Oh yeah, I'm just going to fly to the epicenter instead. It was great. It was amazing. I was like, wow, all right. Just to yeah. be locked down. You're like, all right, I'm going to fly over here. And then <laughs> never, never meet anyone else because everyone's at home. It's like... Oh, that's good. The, so yeah, so oh, yeah. New York is kind of like opening back up, which is really cool. And there's a lot of stuff to do there. And mm -hmm. so something that just on the extracurricular thing, and this is again, <laughs> I've always wanted to ask, I still haven't. You're also, from what I understand, a doula on your free yes. time. Can you nah, describe yeah. that? Is that something you're like, what is that? I've never understood. Yeah. Um... 
So I haven't been doing that because of COVID. Uh, so I can talk about what I was doing pre-pandemic. So if people still um, give birth though, during huh? the people still give birth. I do. Um, it's because I'm not. I'm not. Uh, at first, I'm not. I'm not a birth doula. I'm trained as one. I just don't really do births. It's like a big time commitment that I. It's hard to do with a full time job. Um, so, so doulas though, yeah, typically they provide emotional support for um, people who are giving birth um, or like pregnant person. So um, they'll provide, like they'll meet with a, a someone who's pregnant. They'll meet with them for like a few sessions uh, while before they, before their due date. And then during around their due date, they're basically on call for like three weeks. And so basically they can be called at any point to go to the hospital to like, to help the person give birth um and so at that point they'd go there provide support whatever support that person needs and then um they'll do some postpartum visits to check in and see how like the baby and the mother are doing um that should that's really typically it they're just someone that's there to help um um to help a parent or uh, um, someone that's having a baby with just whatever they need during that time period um so for instance, potentially like if they have a partner that's not able to really be there or doesn't really know what they're doing, then this extra person is like good for having that. And especially, or if, if someone doesn't have a partner to help them through all this and doesn't have family or a good support system, like then this person's a good person to have um, to like help them through this process. Um, and it, it really providing the emotional um, support and just that extra support there's been lots of studies that this helps like in either just like sort of reducing like preterm births or reducing like just um the risk of like other adverse outcomes when it comes to um, people giving birth and so um we have like one of the highest um, maternal mortality rates so having like doulas and midwives and other sorts of support around that area um has been proven to like help with that um so yeah so that's that's really um, from the surface level, it's what most people think doulas do. The other part is because I'm a full spectrum doula um, and this is what I was trained to do first. I actually do, I do a um, doulas for abortion. So I go to plan parenthoods and like other or other clinics that are doing abortions and I help patients that are undergoing abort abortions instead. Um, and just sit with them through the procedure. So it's a little more different. It's not like I'm not assigned a patient that I go through with them throughout the whole few months process. I just go to the clinic that day. I sit with them, um, whatever patient, like maybe there's like a list of like 10 different patients that come through. And so usually we just, um, whatever patient we have, we just go help them through the procedure and then help them um, process and like leave and then that's about it and just a quick in and out um, for that and um, it's a little easier for my for my like I guess um, schedule just because all I have to do is show up to the clinic that day do whatever patients are that day and then go home whereas doing first would be more of a burden when I used to like be in the office and stuff it's like hard for me to be like oh like what like if someone called someone called me to be like I'm having a baby right now then it'd be hard for me to just get up and go um so that that's why it was hard for me to plan and I couldn't really do births um although I did get trained to do some birth um stuff too I haven't actually put that to use yet um but I suppose working from home I could have 
tried to do it now. Um, and maybe there's still time <laughs> to take some of that on, but I've not been able to witness that yet. So usually I just help uh, people go through their abortion procedures. Wow. Yeah. Is there, is there like a, a doula certification board and, and like, do, is there like, a, I'm, I'm sure there's like training for it. Yeah. Like how does that work? Um, there are different trainings things. The stuff that I do is all volunteer based because I'm helping people that are, that can't afford doulas. Cause usually a lot of people are that are professional doulas. They have to make money and charge for their services. But then there's also the gap of the people that can't afford to, um, uh, pay for one in the first place. So um, I volunteer for an organization that does these services uh, for free at, or at low cost or sliding scale, depending on what income level the patients are at. Um, and then with the abortions, we just partner with clinic basically. And then we show up like with the, we're just doing this for free. So, um, and then, yeah, there are lots of other trainings out there. The one I did was just through the volunteer organization I help out with. And then um, there's many other uh, trainings that are out there and certifications and stuff that you have to pay more money for. I think in general, um, we don't like to support necessarily like mandated certification because that becomes a barrier for people to like not be a doula if there's mandated certifications. There's whole, like there's a bunch of legislation that was out there to mandate doulas to have certifications or to get Medicaid reimbursement and stuff. And um, I don't I, I don't think I can articulate it well enough to go too deep into it, but um, basically like our volunteer organization was against any um, sort of formal certification process because it can be a hindrance and burden, especially to um, people of color to become doulas if there's any mandated certification and stuff. So um yeah and I hope I like didn't butcher that in any way but something along those lines <laughs> JT you rock oh thank you yeah, spending <laughs> spending your days off of work like volunteering and and uh like literally just just like connecting with people who are at a very vulnerable time of their life so that's super cool. A lot of respect oh, for that. Thank um, you. I miss it. So yeah, I haven't been able to do it for the past year and a half. But yeah. Is there a one particular like interesting tidbit that you that you learned from the training process or like one like awesome story that you have to share? Um not in particular. Um, I mean there's been lots of cool moments. Like, I mean, I like get to know like people that come through the different patients. There are just like the people that we see come through the clinic are from all different sorts of walks of life, but ranging from different ages and just, um, yeah. And there's like, sometimes they don't, if they're not in a chatty mood, they don't like, we don't need to talk to them. We just like hold their hand and they're fine or they just fall asleep with the medication they're given. And so, um, it can be very chill and also at other times like I had to um, I have to be more like um, on top of my small talk game and like try to distract them and like ask a lot of questions and stuff and be really on instead so it really varies um, 
it used to be such a big thing where it's like, yeah, like I just have that one day a week, um, one day a week, like about every, like once a month or so that I did this once or twice a month. And uh, it was really nice to have that built into my schedule and have that. And now, um, so hopefully come September or so when things are more set that I can start doing that again. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really curious. So it sounds like it's a really large emotional burden to take on that role to be a supportive mm-hmm. figure during times of possible trauma and pain and especially in that category that you're working in. So when when you're doing that, do you how do you maintain yourself? And how do you like like does it emotionally drain you? Do you feel more emotionally good and feel more energized or how do you recover from that if you do, or does it is that your recovery process by helping out? Um, I I guess I tend to I guess I end up compartmentalizing it after a while. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it can be since I do it on Saturday. I used to do it when it was like Saturdays from like nine to five or something. So it's a long day on Saturday, um, but. I think it was like very rewarding. The day goes by really quickly. Um, I mean, it's not like a full nine to five. It's like can start late or like end early and stuff too. But um, yeah, like after work, you. Sh- I mean, after not work, after the session, um, the the shift ends, and I just um, I go home. I do whatever, and just kind of. Um, usually sometimes it's like a low-key night usually I'm not doing too much after it um it's pretty chill and um decompress and things but um I I guess I enjoyed I I just enjoyed it a lot that it never seemed like such a big burden at all um I think my energy my social energy is usually drained so I have to spend a lot of the day talking to people yeah um I can't imagine doing that every single day but I think it's because I also because I have an office job that I'm not interacting with people all the time, that it was fine. Like I can't imagine. And this is why I know like if I can't be a frontline clinical worker because they they're doing this every single day. Um, And that's tiring. uh, Whereas I'm doing this like once or twice a month. Uh, So um, yeah, for me, it's not too bad. I enjoy it. And like on my lunch break, I really take my lunch break. I can go out and just like get a like, have a nice sit down lunch for an hour and come back and it's really nice it's it's a nice day for myself really because I'm just kind of spending time with all these people I don't know and then um taking time for myself usually in the middle of the day so yeah that's amazing so like of all the different ways in which you could spend your free time and even go and volunteer of everything why is it that you picked being a doula a doula and and how did you end up being a doula yeah, um, I, a lot of it was because when I started my grad school program, um, I learned more about doulas and just, um, and then my, really one of my closest friends, she was trained as a birth doula. And so one day we just signed up for an, like an abortion doula training together to volunteer at that. And I just ended up, we just ended up signing up for that, doing the training together um, during grad school and just um, started to do that in our, our free time um, oh, during school. Cool. Uh, so really I just carried on that um, to like my, 
So after grad school ended, I wanted to find opportunities to continue doing that because it's really rewarding. And I like that because, I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a frontline role that I don't really need any proper training for. Like I don't, I, it's really actually hard to find things to do, I think clinically or just like at, at the front lines that you don't have to do training for. Like I can't be a nurse or a doctor or like anything like that, but I can provide that emotional support to people and just kind of do that. And like, it requires, and it requires a good training and just like being able to do that. But I, I didn't have to do as much you now, like I'm not certified and really anything else. and just like help out with that, like that sort of area. So How long was it's the rewarding. Training? Yeah. How long was the training? Um, usually a, a week, a full weekend. Um, yeah. Two or three days. Nice. nice. Um, you you nice and I can do it right? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Oh, and what's the group? I'm just curious. Um, the doula project. Cool. Yeah. Oh, they do a lot of good work here. Yeah. That's awesome. You're, you're inspiring. I don't know about you, but, but me to volunteer. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, I know. Yeah, in my free time, I did figure out how to virtually volunteer for kind of a similar thing. It's like I started doing case management stuff at home, like intake case management for another organization. So that is more that that was more of a time commitment. And I'm less like it's hard for me to commit for, to that because it's a full week usually of taking phone calls from patients and just like and distributing funds and stuff and different things. It's a lot of phone calls. Um, so I've done, I've taken that up, but uh, the virtual, yeah, this, the virtual stuff volunteering can be, I feel like actually more tiring for me than going in person once a month <laughs> to something. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I, I think it's so cool to hear kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. It's so cool to hear you know, your past, present and future type or past and present type uh, ways in which you've, you know, grown and become part of the community to support and play your role. And so what I'm, I'm a bit curious is how are you now thinking about your, your future and, and progressing into whatever you want to be doing? Like, what are some of the, the frameworks or goals or principles that you're, you're kind of like running with to try to, I feel like JT and I, really bond in a certain JT. way where <laughs> JT, <laughs> where we we're a bit like i don't know what we're doing in this world <laughs> just kind of like on this layer that way and <laughs> and i feel like jackie is really has a bit more drive than i do in certain ways too which I, i've always respected <laughs> like you've, you've got a master's what have i done you know i i but and you're you're going down public policy and it's amazing so with that I, i'm actually curious like what is it that you're kind of aiming towards pursuing in your career or outside of your career, not even it's open-ended question, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like that's what I've been thinking about. I don't, the thing is I still, I'm just like, I still, I'm just like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I've just been in this role. I enjoy it. I like my team. Um, and I guess, the question is always for me is where do I go from here? Um, it's been hard because there's like, I feel like I've taken all the steps I needed to, to just be where I am now. And now it's like harder to 
think about a next step because I've done the, it's like, oh, like I already have a graduate degree now. I was like, oh, like, I'm not like, I don't need another graduate degree. Like, what am I going to go back to school for? Like, um, I think it's more thinking about what I want to do next now. I think it's, it's harder because now this choice is up to me rather than before. I think it was just like, oh, like whatever job I can get, like, I'll just take like whatever. Um, and now the next steps are really totally up to me, which is why it's a little harder because I don't know what I want yet um, as the next step. Um, and I feel like sometimes I'm just going through the motions, just being like, all right, so I've been here for two years or two or three years. Now I need to go find another job and move on to the next step. It's already been, it's like what us all millennials do. We like move job from job to job, like all the time. It's uh, <laughs> so like, it's like, you can't sit still or it's like the only way to really tangible like the only way to actually like get promoted or just or like make more money or like get salary increases is to like move jobs um but in a way I feel like I'm just and that's why I'm reviewing my resume and I'm gonna apply to jobs uh, I but the only thing is I don't know and like I would like to be challenged too like I like being challenged in my work and like growing and stuff so uh, what I'm saying is that I just, I guess I don't know if I'm going through the motions because I think that's what I'm supposed to do or if because that's what I want to actually do. So um, like, I feel like potentially I'm just trying to move up to like a, a get promoted or try to go to a, a better position just because that's what I'm supposed to do, not because I necessarily want it. So um, I'm not sure yet <laughs> if that's, I'm not sure what to do next. <laughs> so yeah. That's How does that make you feel? I'm curious. This became a uh, counseling session. Oh, I don't know what, I mean, I guess it makes me feel confused, but like, I want more responsibility. At the same time, I do want more responsibility. Like I want to like be more independent, be given things that I guess, like I, I want to be given a little more room to either like make mistakes or like mess up a little bit rather than I feel like still like I'm still kind of like learning from um I don't know I guess I don't feel like I fully have total independence yet where I'm like managing um things that that can possibly I, I don't know what I'm necessarily saying but like I guess I I would like more responsibility and independence in whatever job I have next basically so um not that and but I really enjoy my job right now so I don't know if yeah I'm just like confused trying to figure out the next step so <laughs> disclaimer if JT's managers are listening she loves her job and may stay forever <laughs> <laughs> but she does yeah, want gonna... more responsibilities <laughs> exactly but to hear that the way to keep her is to have her grow into more responsibilities or she feels more driven and allowed to fail in a certain way by growing and doing things more responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus question. What was your event in swim? 100 back. Well, technically 50 back if that existed. Sprinters. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Sorry, Lil B. <laughs> All right. Are you, are, what, are you a swimmer? I was primarily a water polo player. Oh, okay. And I swam, swam to 
stay in shape during the off season. Yeah. But you were gonna do the New York City try. So I mean you you know how to swim at least. That's the hard part. And then the other parts you can just learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the uh Malibu triathlon in September. Oh nice. So, yeah. If you want if you want a training buddy, like if you if you wanna like oh, just do a great. triathlon tomorrow, like <laughs> Um, actually, once you move here, uh, yeah, all my buddies moved away. So I have had zero training buddies, but now we're going to work out together too. <laughs> so. right. She's a terrible person to work out with because she actually tries hard. Like when you we were in Edinburgh, we would go to the pool and she would, she would have a paper printed of like a set of X thousand yards. And for me, I'd be like, why are we doing 10, 100 right now, Jackie? This is terrible. I don't remember like, this. And you're like, oh, I just, I, I don't know, you know, man, let's slip. He's like, like, why what? can't we just, why can't we just warm up the whole time? <laughs> Dude, why can't we just bop around for like 800 yards? No, I have a full 4K, 5K. Okay, cool. Cool, Jackie. I don't remember this. I didn't like yeah. swim at all. You're the one that tried to join the swim team. And then I, like, I was on go. the swim team. Oh yeah, you did. Someone stole my water polo sweet meat. It's so sad. I'm so sad. Where where are all your friends going? Oh, they already left. They went like to California or Chicago or whatever. It's like it's like Uh, also people that yeah, all my friends that like you know, so they have people that I trained with in college and stuff and they left. (laughs) Smart people. Where do you where do you train? Do you go to like the ocean? Or like the Hudson River or something. <laughs> the ocean. Um, I, actually, I have not. I have not swam the past year. That's that's the one thing because COVID shut down the pools, and then they brought back the pools, but they didn't bring back the pool I used to go to, and I refused to join a new pool. So, anyway, swimmers that's so picky about their pools. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm just not gonna swim. I swim at our local gym. I, I we don't have many gyms with pools, so we have one, and it's only four feet deep. And I just I keep pushing off, and like when I do a flip turn, I'm like, oh my god, I hit the bottom again. It's so oh, annoying. No. Wait, so where do you go on your long bike rides and stuff? Are you good at biking now? Are you, you're probably better at biking than I am. I'm like really. Oh, when I was when I was in Brooklyn, uh. Yeah, I went I went on a bike ride pretty much every weekend. Uh-huh. So the longest we ever did was we went to Cuomo Bridge and then we crossed it. Nice, yes, yes. But the, the people, the locals here call it the Tappan Z Bridge before it was renamed the Cuomo Bridge. So you gotta call it Tappan Z Bridge. Okay, that, that explains that explains why someone said, I've never heard it named that before. And I was like, isn't that the name? Like I had I had looked it up like a week before. Yeah. Tap and Z. Yeah. Tap and Z. Um, yeah, but I've done that one before with my friend that left me. Um, it's nice. (laughs) Oh, JT is intense. That's a, that's like an 80 mile bike ride. No, that's not 80. Oh, cause you went back, you went round trip. See, we were lazy. We crossed over, had lunch and took the Metro North back. Ah, I see. It's like 40. (laughs) I was, I was destroyed when I came back. Like it was actually, it was actually like 79.9 miles, something like that. And we were tempted to do another lap around the block so that we could reach 80, but like my, my legs were not working. 
Oh, well, you can do a, you can come when, once you move here, we can do a century ride one time. So, um, Whoa. I need to, I need fun. to work my way up. Cause I, uh, I've just, I've just been boxing and rock climbing. So not, <laughs> not, not at peak cardio right now, but yeah, that's super cool. I'm, I'm always down for people to bike with. Uh, the other, yeah. the other one I went to a lot was the, uh, nine West cafe. Yeah. Yeah. And the nine, nine W market. That's yeah. I don't know why it's supposed to cafe. That's what you call it. So, uh, is yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. I think you mean the nine W market. Yeah. Okay. It's probably a market. Yeah. <laughs> they call it market. Uh, it's it, but it is a cafe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so there's a there's a market and a cafe, but you're right. You're you're more of a local than I. I was a, a pretend local for six months. Uh, well, um, you did stay. At least you got a lot of outdoor stuff in just because you were here during the pandemic <laughs> yeah do you have any like favorite bike ride favorite I mean really just that going up like that way I think that's going upstate that's my favorite so far like scenery wise scenic wise that was good um there's lots of cool trails upstate too um where it might be make more sense to Unless we're really good at biking, it might make more sense to just take the metro north or just like get a car and actually bike and take your bikes up and then just like ride around the trails up for there. Um, I like think I, at some point I want to do from here to Montauk and they stay in Montauk, uh, but it's like the Long Island. So that's a century ride too. So it's like it would be cool if because because uh, the Hamptons are expensive, so it'd be better if you can get a whole house with a bunch of people, not everyone has to ride bikes. Like the other people can just drive and hang out at the house while they Me. wait for the- <laughs> I invite myself. <laughs> yeah. So no, you're going to bike. <laughs> Dude, Hugh, I know Hugh can bike. He's, he's biked yeah, from he San bike. Francisco he's, to LA. Yeah, he's an actual real biker. So he's going to bike too. Uh, so other non-bikers can go stay at the house. and just My dad bikes par- kicked party. in. I used to be a- <laughs> A, a, a skilled man these days you can hear it you i know i know you're climbing v4s and v5s now so <laughs> i'm getting back into it yeah well we'll make we'll convince you to come out and we'll bike and we'll get a big house out in the hamptons and just stay for like a weekend and then take the train back so or it's like or if yeah or if people are driving, then we would just hop back on to their car, just put a bike rack in <laughs> and just go back. But yeah, um, that, and I'm sure there's lots of cool bike rides out there. So I haven't fully explored yet. I don't know. I only just yeah. got clips this whole time. <laughs> it's okay. Doing I, rides without clips. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not, I'm not using clips. I like, I got bike shorts like halfway throughout my time in new york like i was not wearing bike oh. shirts for a long time wow wow okay so wow you're like, really yeah i was i was like oh my butt feels a lot, a lot nicer like it's not pain <laughs> it's not in pain <laughs> um, do you have cages yet no you, sh- you should definitely add cages that's the that uh, is like, see, it just see, he's he's been going with just pedals too <laughs> Yeah, y'all are masochists. That's what you both are. (laughs) 
awesome. I was like, see, at first I thought I was like, oh, I bet John has all the stuff on. He's probably, he's been way more into this biking thing than I have. He's all got all the gear. But I'm like, now I'm hearing that I like he doesn't even have clips yet. So I'm like, well, at least I got clips like a mm-hmm. week ago, I guess. <laughs> I think I I think I will get a like a legit road bike though. Like it seems worth it. Oh yes, I do at least have a road bike too. They're very they're very light. Yeah, I have, I have like a triathlon specialized bike. Oh, you have a actually actually bike. no, that it's not. I don't. Best. It's just it's just a bike off Amazon that my friend got. Um, okay. But yeah, one one fun thing that my friend and I did was we we went bike packing to Bear Mountain. Mm. And so we like took all of our backpacking equipment and then like locked our bikes up by a tree and then just like walked into the forest and like and like slept in a tent out there oh wow that doesn't fun I think I was looking at routes for that too I guess my only problem is that I'm sort of like a little more bougie and I don't think I could handle the bike packing because I feel like I want to shower after a really long bike ride. No, no, need, Jackie, like... I won't allow this. You, you can't let your Cali girl out or your bougie, whatever New Yorker you've no, become. You, you, I want, you... Like a, I want a bed and hot water. No, you're gonna the, the bougie, the bougie part. Ride. The bougie part comes after when you when you go home and you shower and then and then you're back into no. your bougie house and you appreciate it more. I want to be like glamping. I feel like I can't, I can't be all sweaty and stuff and then have to still just sleep oh, in a tent. You just make me laugh. You just make me laugh. <laughs> it's just too funny. Um, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I like, if I'm camping, I'm just, I'm just camping. I don't want to put the bike in. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I can't combine the two. Otherwise, I'm going to be miserable. What about backpacking? <laughs> Backpacking, fine too, but probably maximum two nights. <laughs> What's the difference between backpacking the and wait and can't wait? What? <laughs> Are you, this because is a classic because... JT moment. Classic. <laughs> this is totally classic. <laughs> because on a bike, because I don't want to carry. I'm just like carry my bike. But backpack is just. You said you went bike packing, so you have the you have the backpack with your shit in it, and then well, well, you can you can technically get the pannier packs, right? You you do pannier racks. The ones on the back suspect. of the yeah. Yeah, you can also do front pannier packs too, and and cross handlebars. So there's like people that do cross country rides like that, and then you could probably pack a pack to then do like a day trip with a one night uh, out excursion. But yeah. um, I'll consider it's possible. it. There's always gear for that next thing. Yeah. Yep. For a hundred, like for a hundred miles, I guess it intimidates me that I still have to, I have to ride a hundred miles and then I have to sleep in a tent. <laughs> I don't know no, what it is. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually really fun. I mean, um, I know we're probably coming to the, the near end of our, our time, but I, I definitely think panniers packed biking than camping and, and biking is actually one of the most incredible feelings like backpacking is amazing but if you have the right gear i don't know john john's a bit uh, you know uh, amazing in that way where he had a backpack on i suppose and bike <laughs> and, and that, that's, that's uh, to me is probably a bit too extreme i don't think i would do that <laughs> especially on like a, a road bike where you're hunched over uh, but i, I definitely yeah. think you know panniers packed bike camping you know the one time i did it from like tahoe san francisco to la 
I'd want to do it again. I want to do it on the East Coast, West Coast, Japan. A friend and I are talking about. Like, I don't know. It's it's oh, a really I'll cool go, experience. I'll go to Japan. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you said you didn't want to a second ago. No, so well, no. Well, well, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I'm figure this out. Myself. <laughs> um, How much yeah. you want to pay? No, right. we'll pay um, it. My, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I'll think of it. It sounds fun. I do want to do it at some point. I guess I'm just being a big baby about it. So <laughs> I'll do it. The, the big baby who who just a few minutes earlier suggested a century ride. <laughs> right? I'm actually I'm like, what? Yeah, because I go do a century ride and then I sleep in a bed. That was one of my, I take a hot Such shower a big baby. in bed after. <laughs> That's crazy. I've never done a century. That's unreal. That's amazing. That would be really cool. You had you did you did your backpacking stuff. We, you didn't cover a hundred miles in a day though. Or, no, uh, it was average forty to fifty a day. Longest day was probably seventy, but most of it was forty to fifty. And that's still a lot more. I just did a century, but then I like didn't do anything the rest of the weekend. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I did fifteen really... miles the other day, like maybe a month and a half ago. My quads uh-huh. were cramping. I was like, wow, oh, no. I'm not in shape for this. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I feel like I feel like when I'm in when I'm in New York, I have to I have to train for a few months and then and then go to Jackie and be like, all right, I'm ready to ride with you because <laughs> she's tricky. She really is. I, I promise you. Jackie's like, ah, no, it'll be fine. And then and then she kills it. And then you're like, wait, what? She was the girl on the swim team who could do like 10, 15 pull ups in a row. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. It's my party um, trick. <laughs> for the for the times at the parties when people just have pull up contests. Oh, Swimmers. Yeah, because I, I'm really the annoying person where I'm just like, oh, pull up bar. I was like, oh, I can't do any. Like, let's do a pull up contest. <laughs> it's like bam, muscle up. <laughs> yeah, bam, muscle. Up. For every pull up I do more than you, you have to take a shot. <laughs> See, I do it. My party trick. There's a pull-up bar. I'm just like, <laughs> they, my, they don't they don't see it coming. <laughs> my my goal is to live in an apartment that has a pool in it so that I can just like go downstairs and swim. That'd be like in New York. Okay, good luck. <laughs> well, it has has nothing else. It just has a pool. Oh, okay. You can um, find that in Brooklyn though. My friend has a pool, apparently. I've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, because I also I also suspect that no one will use it. I'm like, I'll no. just be the only one that uses it. Um, oh, Jackie, do you have any do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom to our listeners that you want to say, um, or, or anything you want to promote? I don't know. <laughs> My new, yeah, I was like, oh, this product I've been using. <laughs> No, I don't. Um, I'm not sponsored by anything, and I have zero. I don't. I don't know. I. Um, what's that? This message brought to you by Sparkling Water. <laughs> oh, I don't have anything cool to show. I don't think I don't have anything appropriate that's cool to show that around here. No. Boxed water. Oh my! Are you serious? You bought? Okay, what? No, you're not buying water I didn't in a buy box. It. Okay. I didn't buy it. It was free, obviously. I don't, I don't know. You're the one that says you're bougie, self-proclaimed. I didn't buy it. What do I what do I have around here? 
I have such random stuff. I don't have anything to promote. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. But uh, yeah, this is this is great, especially because my friend Aaron and I, uh, it was it was us two like finding new routes and like and like we would be pushing each other to go further and further, and mm-hmm. it was pretty great. But then like anytime we invited anyone else to come with us, they'd be like, "Oh, where are you going?" And we're like, "Oh, we're going like." to that place in New Jersey and people would be like, you're going to another state. <laughs> like they, they thought we were just like going across like, like Williamsburg bridge or something. Oh, so, <laughs> so, oh yeah. this will be so fun. We're going to go on so many bike rides now. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys. I need to, I need to train for it though. I need to yeah, okay. not well, totally I embarrass also- myself. If you know how, if you know about like fixing bikes and like the know-how for that, I actually very that's the one thing I'm really bad at because I keep chronically taking my bike over to the shop and being like, "Is anything wrong with it today? I just need to." <laughs> and it would be great if I just learned more about my bike and just know if anything is actually wrong with it because I'm constantly afraid something's gonna happen and I won't. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you. Should, uh... My friend Aaron is actually good at that stuff. And he also yeah. lives in Prospect Park or Crown Heights. Like he's he's probably like a like a seven minute walk from your house. Really? Yeah, What's yeah. He's his into last name. Do Hong? I know them? Huh? He's into he's into biking and stuff. Oh. What's his name? Okay. His name Wait, is Aaron. It was Aaron, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there are there are like millions oh, it of doesn't people. really give me any context. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I'm pretty sure he's like a seven minute walk from you, maybe a little oh, less. Well, you should you should connect us and then we can actually go. I can go on bike rides with him before you get here. All right. And then, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Uh and then Hugh, you should connect me and Jackie so that I can I can be the further bridge. Totally. Absolutely. Um, this this is great. <laughs> Cool. Well, that concludes uh, another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Thanks for staying until this long. And if you're staying this long already, stay a little bit longer to see the cool outro music and the cool credits. Join us next time. (laughs) Yeah. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks again to Jackie for joining us. And... See you all again soon. Peace.